Hello. Hi, y'all. Hello, everybody. This is episode seven of the Moonshot Podcast. Hello. Um, yeah, this episode seven. Yep. We still haven't gotten the hang of intros yet. Surprise. We're bad at things. I don't know what you were talking about. I said hi, y'all, and that was that was my introduction right there. It's a perfectly acceptable introduction. Anyway, it's January. That's wow. The end of January. But yeah, it's January. Well, yeah, this is the this is the episode that we're doing to summarize January. Yeah, true. Hi. Um so current goals. Current current goals from from January on. Uh I think first off, status update. I haven't finished applying to things yet. Um, fair, but that's because I got a sinus infection. Oh yeah, that was bad. <laughs> that was really bad. for like a week. Like, yeah, it's, it's the common app is not an easy thing to focus on. No, it's really not there. It's actually very, very terrible. And I, it's hate like doing how terrible. It is. It's not, it's not awful. It's just, it's like doing your taxes. They could approve it a significant amount, to be fair. But it's still going to be like doing your taxes. Okay, fair. Fair point. Fair point. Yeah, it's it's going to be kind of boring no matter what you do. At least doing your taxes on paper is somewhat fun. Because <laughs> right, there's all the writing and scribbling and nonsense you have to do. But It's like solving a puzzle. Um, uh, this is anyway. why you're the accountant. <laughs> not yet, I'm not. Not yet, but you uh, will be. Uh, please, please don't make me do tax returns for other people. No, 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 but, like, when when this thing gets off the ground, you're definitely gonna be the guy that's gonna handle all the, like, funds, nonsense, and stuff, because you'd have the head for it. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll handle some of that. I think, I like to think that I have three major skills in my life right now, Mm -hmm. and they are finances because i've got the head for it yeah and we've proven that i have the head for it yes what well, not on this podcast but i have proven to myself and to others that i have the head for it it has been very much proven time and again that you are uh not i don't want to say a numbers person but you are definitely a finance numbers person. person i'm 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 a finance person because a lot of finance is just common sense to me yeah and my second skill is storytelling and that's i don't know if that's an inherent skill to me or i've just been doing it so long that i've become attuned to how stories are told and how i should tell stories is there a difference between the two of those yes i think people i think people start better at some things than others i think I, mean, I think that anyone can learn to be good, but I think that some people, it makes more sense, certain certain topics and certain skills come more naturally to some people. I mean, on one hand, fair. On the other hand, I don't know. I still subscribe to the idea it's that... It's both. I think it's both. It is it is a little bit of both, I suppose, but at the same time, there's a certain point where talent is still just a series of acquired skills 
So yeah. in this particular case, uh, I'd like you're sitting there saying like, oh, I don't know if I have the head for it if I've just been doing it for too long. And I'm like, at this point, you've been doing it for long enough that, yeah, you have the head for it. You can't not. So. Um, I forgot what my third thing that I was going to say was. <laughs> Puzzle games. No, that ain't it. Oh. That ain't it, Chief. Uh, um, hmm. I don't know. Moving on. That's not important. What okay, about then. you? How's your how's your January looking for what you've accomplished? Um, well, unlike with November, where I was like, oh, I'm gonna do these two things. Um, January so far has been a complete smashing success for the most part. Um Yeah, I, I haven't listened to all of your stuff yet because I've just been busy and also I forget and also I'm a bad friend. Um, uh, no, you shut the heck up. No, you're not. A what I have listened to has been absolutely great. So definitely link in the description. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Listen to all of Backspin's music. I know I mentioned at one point earlier that I was going to consider um, putting this all up as a collection at some point. And in this particular case, I think like there, sorry, I mentioned earlier on that I wasn't going to put it up because I did that last year and all of my jams last year were terrible, save like four of them. So, um, I like them. Well, some of them, some of them I don't like, but I like a lot of them. Some of them are bad. Um, some of them are really bad, but uh, some of them are okay. Um, but I kind of just threw them all together and didn't do much. So this, this, um, by the time this episode comes out, there will be uh, probably, like, a collection of most of the jams, um, if not all of them. And I'm going to actually do some mastering and maybe some production stuff on them to tweak them up a little bit. So there will be, like, the stuff that's in the video. I'll give the, the raw files for those. And then I'll also probably do, like, the, the you know, produced and edited versions of stuff uh, as well. So that collection's probably going to come out, like, mid-February. I'll have a link to it in the in the description or the show notes or the whatever. Same difference. Um, Neat. Oh, yeah. um, so that's one thing. I think we should go back and forth this time because I only said like one update. Yeah. And you only said one update. So we should go back and forth because I have more updates. Okay. Uh, update number two. Classes started. I found out I accidentally enrolled for two online classes more or less i knew one of my classes was going to be online but i didn't realize one of them was a quote-unquote hybrid course where the course only meets four times oh in the semester so it's basically an online course okay so i didn't realize that's what i was signing up for i thought it was a hybrid course like another hybrid course that i had had where it was an hour and a half class time and then go to pearson and do the math lab on pearson so uh, but it is not that this time it is not that this time this time it is hey read each chapter and each week post 300 words on a discussion board this semester is going to be interesting i'm hoping i'll have enough time this week and next week to finish up my common app subscriptions because they're not, not sub- submissions because they're not done yet and i'd like to not have to take a gap semester if i have to yeah that'd be nice then uh, fine i guess i'll just work more save more money i guess yay question mark um 
A very question mark indeed. Um, so that's that's the last of my updates. Uh, for you, I believe last episode you mentioned something of a job search. Is that we haven't really talked about that off mics, but has that been progressing at all or uh, probably not? Huh? So trying to balance that with a couple other different things. Um, long story short, I had a I had a, a point where I was like, all right, I'm gonna be doing the following things to try and and make you know make things start to come together a little bit this year. And um, I was listening a lot to Cortex in like the like three days after New Year's after we recorded last episode, and um, there was the whole yearly thing themes thing that came up. Um, I think the day we recorded the podcast was when it went live, but I didn't get around to it until like the next day or the day after or something like that. Um, and I decided the, uh, this was going to be, uh, like I, I, I decided to go in on the themes thing. I'll link in the show notes and I'll link to gray. also did a video on it like two days ago or something like that. And, uh, I don't know. I decided to do that instead of a new year's resolution. So this year was supposed to be my gear of steps. And so there are a bunch of steps here and the step for like February is going to be like, okay, we're going to start with, you know, doing some more small steps on using the base more because, uh, yeah, um, Ellie's sitting here behind me and uh, <laughs> I have not messed with her. Well, actually, no, that's incorrect. I did practice base like two days ago. But other than that, I have not touched her since like I think the month I got her. I can't believe you named your base after one of my characters. I didn't. Ellie is short for element. It's an element 4Q base. I know. I'm just getting on your case. You jerk. Well. I didn't know that, but I know you didn't <laughs> do that with... I know you didn't name your base with my character in mind. No, it would also be really weird because it's got, like, the um, vintage cherry sunburst-ish look. I'll I'll post a picture, I guess, in the show notes at some point or something like that. Um, but the idea is, like, January is dedicated pretty much exclusively to January and to doing some creative stuff and making sure I can, like, settle into a couple different things rather nicely before doing stuff and then february is like hey base like setting up a base schedule something small not it's going to be that crazy it's probably going to be like a 10 minute practice schedule and then it's also going to be like okay now we hit the consistent job search where like i'm finding a new place and i'm you know tweaking my resume over the course of the first week and then it's going to be you know sending one out a day to a place i can find and, uh, you know, figuring out, hey, how far am I willing to commute for a given job or whatever? Um, what am I willing to, you know, jump for in terms of pay, in terms of hours, what's stuff like that. So it's all it's all slow things on figuring things out because, yeah, early January was a bit of a roller coaster. So uh, I very quickly went, oh, yeah, the job search is probably not going to happen this month if I'm going to do either the creative thing or the job search thing. And given how lax I've been on the creative thing, I decided to do the creative thing just because I want to ingrain that into my head again i'm trying to get back into the swing of making ideas for things and you've been spitting out that like game thing that we're working on the the our our sort of first project yeah i don't know how much of that we agreed we can talk about but you've been spitting out ideas for that thing like left and right (laughs) not really honestly i came up with more ideas last semester and i just had the one like a couple of holdover ideas that i hadn't mentioned yet so I wanted to bring them up and I, like these were things that I had already been thinking about and I was like okay that I assumed that everyone was on board with this and I had sat down and I was like wait no not everyone might be on board with this I should try to get everyone else's takes on it. No, then that's that's fair. Other than that 
I kind of feel I kind of feel a little bit like I'm on my own with this project because I'm trying. I don't know. I just I know you are. I I know you are. I. It's tough. Yeah, I have I have a bunch of other things going on right now that are often distracting me from that. Um, it doesn't help that right now, due to the fact that the way your classes are structured and the way my work schedule has uh, continued to turn out, um, and the way my uh, my my off days are being spent right now, um, that our schedules are kind of asynchronous. Um, we 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 have Sundays off together. We have, we do, but like I said, given the way that my days off are being spent right now, there's a lot of running around on the the days that where I'm not working that you know makes it so that while you're having your like whole ideas thing, I can't jump in there and join out join in on that because usually I'm out and about uh, driving, you know, going and picking stuff up, whatever. It's uh it's the thing that's hopefully going to change going to February. Hopefully, um. I'm pushing for two days off in a row at my job while I still have it, so that'll help. At one point, I don't know I don't know if we should talk about it in this episode, but at some point we should talk about our respective creative thought processes and how we approach different creative things. Because I feel like it might help the both of us understand a bit more how the other comes up with ideas and how and, and we might be able to try to use each other's techniques in, in coming up with ideas going forward, which I think would be helpful and cool for us to be on similar wavelengths in that regard. So that's section one. That's our current goals and stuff. Yep. I'm trying to take it a little slow on my current goals because I have classwork that needs to get done. Yeah. And so that's... Again, I'm back in objective survive mode, but now it's a good objective survive. Yeah. As opposed to whatever the hell December was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In my case, it's a case of, I don't know, I would always sit there and stare down all this, like, daunting stuff of, like, okay, I have to get a job. Okay, well, that means all of this involved complicated stuff, and I'm just trying to sit there and break it down into smaller tasks that I can get done one step at a time, hopefully one my own brain doesn't get in its own way it doesn't get in my way i can words i'm not good at wordsing today i'm not very good at wordsing today yeah words are hard anyway section two <laughs> that's a good segue if ever there was one sure um so triaxle how are we feeling um still feeling pretty good about it actually like the side effect of you know, f- sitting there and doing uh, a jam every night is it forces you to kind of come to terms with the fact that, um, you know, you're if you're going to be making stuff, it's going to be a process. Not everything's going to be super crazy good and polished or whatever all the time. But if you're making it and you're having fun making it, and even if it is a slow process of getting everything done and put together and stuff like that, that eventually, you know, it's it's worth it. So, and again, jumping ahead a little bit to the retrospective, having edited the the episode where we kind of sat there and went, "Hey, this is gonna take a while," and uh, and my own like breaking down of how things work. Um, yeah, I'm more I'm I'm more in a in a headspace to be like, yeah, this is a thing that's gonna that's gonna work. It's gonna take a bit, but it'll work. We'll make it work at some point. 
I I'm on the other side. I think I think we can make it work, but having some topics in economics, having some economics talks today, uh, made me realize a couple things, and that's game 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 devery uh, is a saturated industry, right? Well, I mean, if we do game devery, if we do story well, writing, just, if we do any of that, it's it's all going to be kind of saturated it's a sa- in its own right. It's a, it's a super saturated industry right now. Yeah. Um, which means that supply for it is high and demand for it is low. Right now, things are eventually going to even out and smooth out. Now, th- that being said... We also have a minimum of like five or six years before we get this thing off the ground to work on this first project, the, maybe possibly even the second project, and that when we actually finally launch them, that they're going to be good and they're going to be polished, and the environment is going to change between then and now. And we don't know what it's going to look like. Yeah. So... I wouldn't say I'm feeling negative or pessimistic about it, but I am feeling uncertain. I'm feeling like right in the middle in between positivity and negativity. I'm just uncertain. Well, yeah, okay. I I don't want to necessarily say that I feel surefire like everything we're going to try and do to make this work is going to work. I just think that we've got... It's, it's going back to that whole like cost of failure being somewhat low kind of thing where it's like okay if our first thing doesn't work then we'll try a second thing and we'll try a third thing and we'll try a fourth thing and lord knows between the two of us we have so many different ideas that it's not going to be like we're not going to be at a loss for those no so the the main reason I think I feel confident is because it's a case of hey we can just keep going and also apparently if you hit the right place on the internet with the right group of people you end up with like you know, pretty decent viewership pretty quickly. Yeah. So we, we just need to, I don't know, learn Again, to navigate the internet. Back to reference back to Tom Hap, uh, Airdorf Games, etc. Hell, if we could just get, like, a big-name YouTuber to play our thing, assuming they're still around in five or six years, that could generate that could generate interest as it is provided we you know make a good thing there's a reason a lot of indie devs send their games out to oh yeah i know you know big youtubers because it's basically free marketing exactly like it's free advertising so we already kind of went over present goals yeah uh within within our what what we're doing yeah so we'll skip that section for now and we'll move on to current obsessions and influences wait i will point out that one of my things for February is I've got a couple things that I want to polish up and put out there. That's going to be part of my, like, small goals thing, is I've got a bunch of stuff that's nearing completion that I want to put out separately. Oh, yeah. Speaking of speaking of goals, while I have you on mic, and you can't run away or dodge the question... Um, <laughs> how's Songs of the how, Metaverse doing? How's your, yeah, how's your progress on Songs of the Metaverse? Uh, it's going. Um... It's going. It's slow. There is, but it's going. There is progress. There is slight progress. Um, <laughs> I tried to make three different songs uh, over the course of uh, the latter half of December, 
and uh, those all ended up turning into something completely different. Uh, but there is one, there are a couple things that are uh, sitting there, and there's a couple things that came out of January that are going to inform some of the other themes that are going to exist here. But progress is happening. All right, all right. So, progress update, there is progress. There is progress. It is slight, but it is there, and it will be less slight next time around. All right, so there we go. Uh, now we can move on to obsessions and influences. Okay. Would you like to go first? Uh, where to start? So, January is kind of big, big for both of us in terms of things we picked up. I can think of one to start you off. I mean, I finished Epithet Erased. That's one thing. There you go. That's, that's the thing. Uh, and? Uh, I love that show so much. It's great. I, I told you for the you next would. series. Um, you, honestly, you really should have just led with, "Hey, by the way, Don Bennett's in that series." Now it'd have been like, "Okay, I'm gonna I go don't, watch this series now." Yeah, I don't pay attention to voice actors anymore. I haven't since my early anime days. I just like, is it good? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting though, because right now the two things I am paying attention to that Don Bennett is in, uh, are, uh, Epithet Erased and Ruby. And it's funny because she's in roles that she, ha I haven't normally seen her in before. She's playing the, like, I don't know, the brawler, I guess, of the Ace Ops in Ruby Volume 7. And, uh, yeah, she's playing... Oh, she's Zora. Yeah, she's Zora, right? and that's the oh, that's the okay. thing that threw me for a loop. Was I was like, oh, she's the cowboy gunslinger bounty hunter lady with the okay, but she pulls off that uh, southern drawl really well. Um, also, she sings Zora's closing theme, which is pretty dope because she has a really good singing yeah. voice. Zora is one of the more interesting characters from Epithet Erased, and I mean they're all interesting, but Zora, I've told you my like what i think is going on behind the scenes with zora right i don't know if you have all right i'll save that for off mic because spoilers because massive spoilers and if you haven't seen it yet you really should like come on it's seven episodes it's three and a half hours long at most come on guys yeah. like if you've yeah. watched game of thrones you have no excuse <laughs> yeah Speaking of Game of Thrones, um, I have since watched the Witcher series on Netflix, which I liken to Game of Thrones, but good. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> yeah, I was not convinced that Henry Cavill would do good as uh, Geralt of Rivia, but the dude pulled it off really well, and everyone else in the series involved did it really well, and... It's a good show. It's an odd show in the way it deals with storytelling chronology, and it does it in a way that I find interesting and kind of compelling because it doesn't tell things in chronological order. Interesting. The idea is that it basically falls, follows basically three different characters. It follows, it follows uh, Geralt, who's like the quote-unquote main character air quotes mm -hmm. um he's the protagonist his his bard friend right no actually uh jaskier shows up but he's mostly only there as like an extension of Geralt because he's 
basically almost exclusively following Geralt around. The other person it follows is... I, I don't know very much about the Witcher, so... Yeah, the second person it follows around is a sorceress named Yennefer, and the like. there's this whole origin story thing that goes over, and that takes place at a separate point from where, like, Geralt's introduction and the first main arc where it goes over like, hey, here are the things that he's been doing over the the past while. Um, and then the third one is Ciri, who's the princess of one of the realms, and long story short, she ends up on the run because the kingdom that her mom ruled, or not her mom, her grandmother ruled got invaded by you know Nilfgaard and taken down and whatever and so you've got her running around and she knows she's supposed to find Geralt at some point and the end of season one ends with her finding Geralt but the interesting thing is these three plot threads start at three entire separate points in time and they're told parallel to each other so they can line up thematically but not necessarily chronologically until you know they start crossing paths like oh that is fascinating i've got to check this out yeah like it's there there's a point where like you know Geralt and Jennifer and Ciri's stories start off again completely separate in the timeline and eventually there's a point where Geralt meets Yennefer and that's where like okay these two are now locked in chronologically in terms of how their story is told and that's how that will be moving forward and then there's a point where they end up involved in the conflict surrounding Ciri and then they all lock together and that's like the final episode is everything going like hey everything's met like here and everything's going to go forward from a point here, and that's where season two is going to happen. And then I found out that season two is happening in 2021. How long is it? I might, I might check it out as an excuse to exercise again. I still have to finish Castlevania though. Ten, I think it's ten episodes long, and each episode's a little bit over, uh, a little bit under an hour. I think. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. It's it's a Netflix series. It's it's really good. I I like it quite a bit. Jaskier is hilarious. He's so funny. So yeah. Worth worth your time, although, again, I will point out it is, it is when I say it's a Game of Thrones, but good, I mean, uh, well, okay, there's probably slightly less nudity, but there's, it's it's still brutal, so be ready for that. Doesn't, doesn't Geralt, like, kill cryptids for a living? Isn't that the thing that he does? He hunts monsters, yeah, that's, that's the yeah, job he, of a witcher. he kills cryptids. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know the guys on Chiluminati have referenced him, like, they were talking about something that seems benevolent, and, like... They got to a bunch of the things that it does if you piss it off, and and one of the guys there was just like, "All right, I'm calling Geralt." <laughs> yeah, no, his his express job is to hunt monsters, um, and there are a bunch of different ways that takes shape, and a bunch of different ways he interprets that, and it's it's interesting Gerald's Gerald's a pretty interesting character in the in the in the show and I wasn't interested in the show up until they pointed out hey so these are based off the books and I was like wait they're, it's not they're not just video games they're they were based off they were based off books oh okay let me go watch this show then that's not trying to adapt a video game or trying to adapt a book and usually when you do that it's actually better because you can then do stuff with the source material that's interesting so yeah yeah books i think books lend themselves to be adapted more into tv shows than movies all right so that was my th anyway was so that was things. your turn that was my turn that was a long turn i apologize that was your entire turn that wasn't my entire um, turn but it was a lot of it i have a couple more to go but you you, you get to talk now 
please please talk make it i know you have i know you have a book to read and a, and a game to play probably several games to play um i have a couple yeah so january for me has had a couple things going on uh i put doom on the back burner for a little while uh i really like doom but it's been kind of frustrating at certain points uh, until i eventually figured out how to push through it um Still, some of the rune trials are obnoxious. Oh, yeah. Uh, Won't deny that. And if there's something I don't like in a game, it's deliberately, obnoxiously designed difficulty. I don't like difficulty gating in games. I don't like putting things behind the the difficulty um, barrier deliberately because that's like super elitist you want to make your game accessible and have the option for it to be hard right at least that's what i would think anyway yeah i mean i don't know there's a certain point where you you come across this sort of odd crossways where you need to make things challenging but you you can't you can't just hand it to the player because if there's no challenge then it's not really all that fun in some yeah. of these games but at the same time you need to make it not too challenging so that like half the population can't get it so and that's what difficulty levels are for i yeah but it's always hard to find the sweet spots for that you know it is and i do have a certain thing called uh the bayonetta effect which i've named personally after the video game bayonetta because bayonetta on normal is obnoxiously unplayable for me i'm just not good at the game but bayonetta on easy is too easy a joke it's a joke yeah. it's not even fun <laughs> a much better a much better analogy of of difficulty is probably most devil may cries on normal that's about where my skill level lies where like you can take a bunch of hits and it'll throw you off but you can your enemies also have enough health that you can rack up long combos and it feels satisfying fair and given how like you basically breezed right through uh bloodstained that makes a lot of sense second as you mentioned uh you got me the bloodstained games and while I wouldn't call them influences or obsessions, I feel like they should be mentioned here at this point. Because Bloodstained feels good, but I do have a few issues with it in that it feels like it's also trying to copy straight off of Castlevania. A little bit. It The first one especially, Curse of the Moon especially, feels like just a direct port of Castlevania 3. It was, I mean, again, the main person that was in charge of Bloodstained was one of the lead devs on a bunch of the early Castlevania games, uh, some of Which the really is... good ones, and the whole idea was to make a spiritual successor to those kinds of Castlevania games, because the current Castlevania games weren't certainly doing that, so, uh, yeah, it kind of tried... <laughs> current Castlevania games. You mean the pinball machines? <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I really hope they decide to... Actually, no, never mind, because it's owned by Konami. They're not going to make any good decisions, you know that. No, I forgot that they officially quit making video games. So yeah, like we'll see a yeah. lot of other stuff, but if if we're going to see anything that's remotely like Castlevania in the current landscape, it's going to come from the Bloodstained guys. It's going to come from the Bloodstained guys. I think because they quit 
uh konami specifically to be like hey could we want to make our own games so but yeah the the difference between this and like how mighty number nine worked out is that bloodstain worked out and actually came out as a good game everyone kind of did sit there and go this plays a little bit too much like castlevania so apparently they made ritual of the night and everyone kind of had fun with that one so yeah yeah because i'm bad i just i didn't like how just similar it was and it didn't bring anything new to the table it didn't inspire me in a, in any way it's just it was and i don't like things that are just to be but ritual of the night was good ritual of the night had some really good points to it it had some pretty cool world building actually and i'm actually looking forward to see if they pull out a bloodstained three like i would love to see that I would love to see... Is there a third one in development? I, I don't know. I think they're working on DLC right now where you get to play as Zangetsu, which is would be dope, but... I don't know. I still... Do, to be fair, again, I haven't gotten... Like I said, I, I have not gotten very far in this game because I suck at you it. You haven't gotten... You haven't gotten to the train. I am terrible at this game. <laughs> like, you haven't gotten very far. You haven't seen a whole lot of Zangetsu's uh, character development, but, like, he's, he's cool. There's a point where you like basically fight alongside him and he's cool and you, there is there is a, a second time you fight him where he's like fight me and then after <laughs> you're done fighting him he's just like oh yeah um you were holding back and miriam's just like yeah well so are you loser <laughs> oh god yeah so i really hope like i really hope they're not <laughs> trying to set the two of them up as like I could see it. A romantic match, because if so, that'd drive me insane. <clears throat> no, I. It, it wasn't, like, that verbatim. Okay. I'm paraphrasing a lot. Okay, good. Because otherwise, I'd just, like, I'd just be like, okay, no. I can see some chemistry between them. Uh, again, I ha- I've. Oh, my only thing where I've met him is where he's all. Where, where Dominique shows up and is like, hey, I told you not to fight our friend. And Zen gets just like. And then he says, don't take me with you. And then, like, storms off like a child. I, I mean, yeah, it's not exactly the best first impression, but. It's a, I'd like. Terrible, it's terrible first impression is what it is. Good character design, too, in Bloodstained. Yeah. Which, which is which is super important. And it's it's very distinct from Castlevania because you have the whole crystals thing and the tattoos that Miriam has. Yeah, those are pretty cool. It's, like, it's a good. Yeah. It's a good look. Yeah. It's good character design. Um, anyway, so those are the big things that have been going on in January. Speaking of character design, you're about to hate me for what I'm about to mention. What? Uh, I finally got into My Hero Academia. Eh. Eh? Eh. I expected a, how dare you, we can't be friends anymore joke from you before sitting there and saying... I've never seen it. I can't judge it. It's, it, it's, It's actually pretty good. I understand why there's so much hype. I disagree with the amount of hype that's gone through it, and I, I, I still find all of most most of not all of but most of the fans obnoxious but i understand why people like the series it is very good it's the problem the problem with it and the reason i haven't checked it out yet is that it's a shonen it's gonna fall prey to a lot of the problem same problems that other shonens have shockingly it hasn't done that at all actually yet no like i i'm not sure it's going to because the dude that's writing this has clearly thought 
not all of, but like 90% of this out. Okay. Well, the other reason I'm not going to check it out is because it's, it's a lot. It's, it's like three seasons now. I don't feel like four. That's, that's but a lot yeah. of material. No, that's, that's, I don't feel like catching up on it. That's true. But given the amount of other stuff I've had to take care of or whatever, I've been watching it on the side and catching up. I think I'm like, I just dipped my toe in a season three, I think. Anyway, it just hasn't appealed to me at all yet. There's nothing there to appeal to me. I, I don't feel strongly about it one way or the other. I think it, I think the fans are kind of annoying. The fans are obnoxious. That's I, about like, I won't deny that at all. I mean, fandom in general is obnoxious. I, I have my theory that once a fandom hits a certain critical mass, like there's a tipping point where one of two things happens, and it either becomes obnoxious, like a series of obnoxious fans that you know aren't really they're just really obnoxious they sit there and go oh this has to play out exactly how i want it and all this jazz you know and anyone that disagrees with me is evil or whatever and you know my head canon is canon kind of kind of stuff like this has happened with so many shows i've seen it happen with rick and morty i've seen it happen with uh steven universe we've seen it happen with my hero academia we've seen it happen with voltron we've seen it happen with so many different shows and uh, but the other the other thing is occasionally it it'll hit critical mass and I feel like usually it's not even around shows it's around like I don't know I guess around a personality like there's a shift somewhere where it doesn't quite turn into the obnoxious folks necessarily at least most of the time so at, at which point it you know turns into a kind of chill community what like Jacksepticeye and Markiplier fandom um or also like the people that are you know Andrew Wong's fans are everywhere and they're all pretty chill they're all pretty nice um same deal with Dustin's fans uh with uh like the the technology connections guys the folks that watch tested like these are all centered around people like there's there's Adam Savage at the center of Tested. There's the Destins of the Heart of Smart Every Day kind of thing. So you get attached to to those folks, yeah. and you know if they're all like, hey, yeah, like trying to do nice things, trying to be positive, trying to do nice stuff, and people tend to latch onto that and try and emulate that in a way that, I mean, not to say that the, there's not problems there, but you know, anytime you run into a bunch of people in one place, you got a lot of problems. But you know, you, I think you get what I'm saying. I'm rambling on this point long enough i think that's where this is going to start paying off for us if and when we do hit critical mass in fandoms doing things like this this podcast little like video appearances for us we are going to be people behind all of this right yeah i think that's where that's going to pay off is that we're people and we're trying to spread a message and we're not trying to create a toxic fan base. And I think if we do have toxic fans, we should we should call them out. True. But yeah, I think I think that's where this is gonna is gonna really help us is that I don't I think we're either not gonna get to that point or we're going to promote a healthy fan relationship by being people. I'm going to be the one to sit here for a minute and be like, hey, uh, like reality check here is i will say that 
that doesn't always necessarily like we should still be prepared for the the part where we get a really toxic vocal minority and we should be equally vocal against that yeah but at the same right. time like some of the folks behind steven universe were were very like hey you know please don't be jerks to people um and same deal with honestly brewster teeth had it real bad for a bit is currently having it real bad i guess for the latest episode of ruby that i haven't seen yet um apparently oh yeah some of the ruby fans that i've met in the past have just been obnoxious yeah like like yeah like don't get me wrong i i'm not like i'm i am all for what looks like their current um trajectory like there's there's looks like there's a romantic trajectory building up between um two of the main characters but the the folks that can ship those two main characters can be some of the most obnoxious people ever it's just ah. but yeah um speaking of ruby that would be one of my other things and then the third thing would be radiant historia perfect chronology which i'm playing which is very good and i'm not going to ramble about those because i've rambled enough about this and we're already starting to run pretty long yeah we're running long on time and we should get into the retrospective yeah chapter and start to wrap this up yep i think because we went really long last time we did so for the retrospective i just listened to episode six uh i don't have any particularly big comments on it do you uh i have one which is for you and for me which is we need to stop having crinkly nonsense near the mic where we will sit there and be like pretend there are crinkling noises here because there were and I had to edit them out because past me was an idiot. Noise. Uh, I'm, I just realized I'm going to have to edit that out so that everyone doesn't hate us. Damn it. Um, yeah. 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 We need to. St- the problem is we're both fidgeters, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I had any comments either. Um, other than the fact that we tend to go on very long tangents at times, and we did not do we any do. better about um, that this time, and that was mostly my fault. Not. I apologize I... in advance. Um, so instead of a retrospective, instead of a proper retrospective, I want to take some time to say thank you. This is episode seven. Um, so third chair. If you're still listening to this, probably means that you've listened to episodes one through six by now. I I can't imagine why you would jump in straight to episode seven without listening to one through six first. Occasionally. Some people would. It gets thrown around and sometimes people are just like, oh, let me listen to the most current episode or, you know, hey, let me, a friend will hand it to someone with a certain episode or whatever and they'll just dive in and then they'll sit there and go back to the back uh, backlog that's what happened to me either way hello internet anyway i'm doing the thing again continue please either way we've been doing this for half a year now and we don't make anything from this we're not receiving anything from this except for except a space to talk about things that we feel are important and and to basically give a progress update so if you're still listening to this thanks for thank you yeah thanks for being along for the ride yeah no uh having having you follow our journey having someone who is interested in our journey means a lot i feel like i feel like it means a lot It, it means a ton yeah absolutely so yeah 
Thanks right. to any of y'all that are listening. So, shameless plugs? Uh, sure. We have Charles R. Tumblr. We have Hummus Man 300 Twitter. We have Hummus Man 300 YouTube. We have See Painful Charles Twitch. Ard, uh, See Painful Twitch. Charles Ard, uh AO3. That's about it. Um, I have my Backspin ZX YouTube channel, which is actually Backspin ZX now. Woo. Uh, I finally changed it before starting January. Uh, I have uh, at Backspin ZX is my Twitter. Uh, it is. Oh, well, I'm not really using my Twitch, so it doesn't matter. Um, I have backspinzx.bandcamp.com for all of my current music releases. And there's my Tumblr, which is the Backspin Alchemist. Uh, think that's it? Oh, my Instagram, actually, which I'm actually starting to use. So for once, I will plug it, um, which is uh, at backspin zx just like everything else but i'm actually starting to use that because uh turns out it's fun and hey you know when when you you know when you're following the right people who are doing fun stuff and they're they're showing off you know them being creative or them chilling with cool people or whatever you know it, it's it's a it's a turns out instagram can be a not terrible platform so i've i've hopped on that recently and all of my january stuff is going there and some of my you know other creative stuff and tips and tricks and whatever that aren't you know super crazy for youtube or whatever are going to be going on there so unlike all the other social media platforms which are in fact terrible uh, you can argue with me but i'm right facebook only not terrible right now because i'm following a very specific set of people um and no facebook is still terrible it's uh, you it's, just haven't you just haven't you just can't see the terrible right now fair and twitter's getting there twitter twitter's my twitter is in need of a cullen it needs uh it needs it some some uh twitter is nice if you cold. follow the right people facebook facebook isn't nice because i don't trust them you know what i don't trust mark zuckerberg either so he's a lizard person fair point i don't even think it's a lizard person thing like everyone jokes he's about a that it's man. not even that it's just i just don't think he's a good dude like yeah that too it's just yeah like everyone likes to joke about how funny or whatever he looks and i'm just like you're nah. i don't know part part of me finds those jokes kind of uncomfortable but the other part of me is also just like that's hiding the underlying fact that none of y'all want to really admit that like he's i don't think he's a trustworthy dude he's point he's 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 shown that a lot over the course of the past two years anyway uh, we should end this episode. We should have end this, ended this episode after we finished Shameless Plugs. I don't know why we kept going. Uh, but I don't know, because <laughs> I have a tendency for rambling tonight, I guess. Um, we both do. I think I just, yeah. All right, bye. Uh, <laughs> wow, okay. Bye? Question mark? Bye. Bye, y'all. Have fun. Uh, it's just like how I used to end my YouTube videos. <sighs> We can't. We terribly. Can't, we can't do that on the podcast all that much. Uh, this this is why we need an outro song. This is why I need to make us an outro song. That'll be one of my things I'll do for February. I'll make us an outro song. Okay. I'm still recording. By the I way, I'm still recording. Of that. That. <laughs> that's, that's going. That's going in the edit. That's go. That's all going. Oh in the no! Final edit. Oh yes. Oh yes. Uh, all right. Bye.
Exactly. Like, it's free advertising. It's free real estate. Why? Why? I'm sorry. You can cut that out if you want. Why? Because <laughs> it's funny. All right, fine. Um, I might have to cut out all that unnecessary growling at the end as well.